Pillow, and welcome to another episode of Russ Plays Music. Today is Sunday, December 6th, 2020. Uh, for today's episode, what I'd like to do is cover the, um, to cover the step-by-step process that, uh, that most folks should follow, um, mostly local independent musicians uh, should follow to uh, get their music to a place where folks can hear it. For the first part of that process, it's the writing process. So you get an inspiration, um, different people write in different ways. However you come to that conclusion, however you come to that, that place, um, is going to be something that's personal. I'd like to apologize also, I'm a little hoarse today. I did a, an interview last night in a loud place where I had to uh, basically shout back my responses. And today my voice is kind of giving way on me a little bit. So um, please forgive me as I struggle through this episode. But um, so the writing process, like we were talking about, um, the the writing process starts at a place of inspiration. Or maybe you have an idea about a story that you want to write, depending on what type of music and style of music that you write. Um, you might have a, uh, a uh, just a random melody in your head that you want to turn into words or you want to turn into an instrument. Um, these are all the different ways, and there's no rules to how you write a song. You might like tap a beat on a uh, on the hood of your car, record that beat, sample it, and put it into um, into a a, uh, a recording. Um, studio piece of software like Pro Tools or I'm sure there's there's a bunch of other studio one depending on whatever you whatever you got Reaper um, you can sample that stuff and create music with almost anything um, today so you know if you're sitting down with an acoustic guitar or just tapping on something and recording it uh, that can all be music uh, anything is music now um, so the first place that you start is is the writing piece and you, you write out your piece you make sure that you have all of your all of your parts um, uh, well outlined if you want to do it that way. Some folks prefer other means to, to do it. Um, you know, some songs have a different kind of structure than others. You listen to songs like um, uh, um, Bittersweet Symphony, and it's basically the same thing kind of droning throughout the song and different vamping for the vocals and maybe a standout um, instrument here or there that changes the um, the thought of that piece while the other droning strings are still in the background. or or you think of um, another song like um, like um, "Losing My Religion" by REM. There's really no chorus in that song. It's it's um, it's it's a, an iconic song. It's a song that um, that changed the way a lot of people looked at music, the way that a lot of people looked at visual art with regard to uh, music videos. So when you write a song try to if you need to adhere to rules because they're a good place to kind of lean on and have something to to start with or if you'd like to just like you know get your thought out there in a melodic way and play music music around it and instruments around it and get um, get a good beat behind it and then you know it's it's you expressing yourself at the end of the day i mean if you're if you're looking to create something that's going to be pop art um, that's going to be a different process, and, and maybe you know, maybe even what you come up with on your own becomes pop art. But there's no rule to that part. So basically, you have to have all of the pieces together. You have to have um, those pieces designed in a way that you can reproduce it in a studio at some point. My suggestion is to create it a, 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 in a demo format, a rough format on your own somewhere where the cost is a lot less. Um, be able to reproduce it. Um, multiple times um, that will help you because you're going to want to take multiple takes even though it's a rough and um, and 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 the uh, the tracks are going to be scratch tracks that you're not going to use for the most part you may even find some that you want to hold on to and take to the studio but uh, more than likely not it's, it's going to give you the structure though so 
Having that structure ready and available to you that you can recreate is going to save you some money when you take it to a professional studio. And I, um, I do promote people going to professional studios. If you're doing this on your own, and that's all good and fun, you might be able to create your own sound and everything, but these folks know the science of it. Um, and there's a reason why they make the money that they make. Uh, most studios that I've seen are anywhere between $100 an hour up to $150 an hour. You might be able to even bring in some, um, some session musicians. And um, generally speaking, um, you can get some really good session musicians to work with you for an hour for, for also the same price, $100 to $150 an hour. If somebody really wants to be part of a project, they might even volunteer their time for the project. Um, that's rare. I would always offer a little bit of something to, to some folks uh, for their time because your time is valuable. Like with any art, you don't want to undervalue your art because you're only hurting your art as a whole and you're hurting other artists when you, whenever you do that. So have your stuff ready. Um, having your stuff ready going to the studio is going to reduce the amount of time that you have to spend in the studio unless you are a professional studio engineer and then you can spend as much time as you want. I'm sure that that's a lot of fun. Um, also, um, one thing that I've heard and that I've found is, I, I think, basically true is your recording engineer in general should not probably be your mastering engineer. And there is a science behind that. And I'm sure that there's some other stuff that, that go into this, but from my take on it and, and what I've seen as far as my knowledge base on it, um, I'll give you what my, what my spin is for that. Other folks may have some other scientific reasons why, like more engineering-based things why. But, um, but if I'm an engineer and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm doing the engineering job and mastering all of the tracks um, at, at some point, I'm going to be biased to what I want to hear as opposed to somebody who's hearing it and just listening to it from an audibility standpoint regarding like the stereo sound, what should be in what uh, panning piece, um, what should stand out more, what compression values you should apply to those tracks, things that I am not at all very knowledgeable of myself. As far as making a demo, I can create a scratch demo um, pretty easy. Uh, using GarageBand, GarageBand is like the easiest, I think, tool. And I, I bring it up a lot in these podcasts, but it's, it's helped me out phenomenally putting ideas together that I will then do other things with in the studio where I, I, I make it bigger and better. There are people who make the argument that GarageBand can make a, fi a finished product. And I've heard some of those and they are actually really, really good. But I would guarantee you that those folks are, are, are just geniuses at creating that style of music using just GarageBand without employing anybody else to help them um, with their tracks or with their mastering. So kudos to, kudos to anybody who can actually do that. I, I'm, I'm trying to learn more about it because I'd like to be able to just self-produce some things on my own without having to... Uh, to grab grab my friends for some things that they may might not be interested in creating. There's there's some really off the wall stuff that I'd like to do that maybe not everybody that I normally write with like Mark or Jim might want to dig or, or get into. But it's because I'm still passionate about it. I'd like to be able to release it on my own as well. So that being said, once you're done with the studio, um, you should have all of your stem tracks from any of your engineers. Um, hopefully the the mastering engineer at at the end point who who finally mastered your entire product. Um, you should have that product in stems, especially if you're looking to possibly release that to um, for, for licensing for movies or commercials and things like that. They'll want to have those stems available to them so that they can use those for different parts of, uh, of a movie or different parts 
that are that are supposed to be differently differently laid out musically in a commercial um, they may not want the singing to be in those parts they may just want the uh, want the music for those parts so that's something to keep in mind always have your stems always have the person who's mastering your information provide you stems have them also provide you with different levels of quality because different um, different venues require different levels of quality to uh, to uh, import, uh, including your publishers. Uh, you know whatever publishing mechanism uh, you're going to use. Uh, for most of us out here, we use a separate publisher. We don't publish our own stuff. That'd be uh, difficult. Uh, I'd I'd like to know that part. I, I don't think that I would be ready to do that part myself. Um, just become my own independent publisher, but. There are publishing agencies out there, such as CD Baby and DistroKid, that do that stuff for you just fine. They take um, a little bit off the top, uh, but streaming prices are so minimal anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, so then, then you, what you have to do is you have to actually have your product ready for upload. So whenever you have your product ready for upload, make, make sure that, again, you're maintaining a library of your stems. Um, upload the product in whatever format they request. Um, make sure that you have uh, good uh, album art um, and make sure it's something that you own or something that you've each, at least purchased from an artist. Uh, you don't, you can't use things that are already out there because they're already owned by somebody. Just like music is intellectual property, so is visual art. So you need to make sure that that's readily available to you. There are some things in the public space that you could use. Um, there are things that are public domain. Um, I would be very careful because sometimes things say that they're public domain, and then you find out later on um, that it's not, and you don't want to get sued by somebody because they found their artwork on your music uh, out there on the web. So these publishers, getting back to publishers, so publishers like DistroKid and CD Baby, they have digital um, partners, uh, and they have partnerships that they've built uh, across the industry uh, for a number of different uh, outlets that are, are the streaming outlets for music as we know it today, like Apple, the Apple Musics, the Amazon Musics, the, uh, the Spotify's, uh, all of these different outlets are digital partners of uh, the, the distro kids of the world and the CD babies of the world and whomever else is out there. I know that there are, there are a handful of, of other distribution partners that, that do all of this all of this kind of stuff that uh, that get sent out through um, through all of the different partners, including like title and things like that that you know may not be as popular but are still in use. Uh, Pandora. Um, so. So whenever, whenever you're doing this, you have to keep in mind also that there are certain ways that even the digital partners have to have the music presented to them, even though you have a distribution uh, partner already um, giving them the music. There are some things like um, Pandora Amp that you need to be aware of uh, that'll help you. Well, first of all, it'll, it'll, it'll help you get your music on Pandora, even though it's been uh, distributed, particularly CD Baby. I've, seen, I've found this process to be, um, to be something that I had to follow through with. So uh, for Pandora, you have to go through a process that's like almost a separate vetting process. You have to take ownership of your music and ownership of your artist, um, more for your music than for your artist. You, it's good to have your artist stuff as well, uh, simply because they, they let you do things like record uh, ads that you could place at the beginning of your song uh, on, you know, at, in specific regions to do things like tell people where you're playing next, um, and you can decide where demographically those uh, things are delivered. So if you've set up your Pandora amp after it's been delivered there, then um, you can do a lot of different things. You can you can uh, promote a new song that's going to be coming out and being released, uh, a playlist um, where where you've been playlisted. Uh, you could do that as 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 um, regularly as as you want. You can promote other artists, whatever you want to do um, with uh, with the Pandora amp, but it's just a good thing to have 
Um, some folks also, some distributors also have digital partners that are in the uh, in the vein of the uh, public, not, well, not necessarily public, but the privately owned jukeboxes and different bars that stream music. Um, one thing to be aware of is, uh, and it looks good on on paper and looking at the uh, at the publisher's site when, when they say that they deliver to these jukebox places, but. Um, they are very tough to get into. They curate their own music. You have to contact them to see if they will allow your music to stream or you have to get involved with people who have these jukeboxes in their establishments, whether they're bars or wineries or whatever else, to get them to use their um, interface because a lot of them have their own admin interface where they can, re they can request music to be played, but they can't actually put the music themselves on there. So. Um, if you're ready and you're at that point, what you want to do is maybe go around and start farming yourself out to these folks and their jukeboxes and say, hey, can you put in a request? Do you know how to get into your admin interface? Um, getting to that point might be a little tough because some of these folks may not even know um, what their admin interface is. They may have their um, jukebox provided by another uh, distributor who does things like, you know, like the skill games and stuff like that. They deliver to the different institutions and uh, they just ask for permission to put that on their site and then they promise them that they'll make so much of a percentage of the revenue that's brought in by them. So that's something to be aware of too. Maybe you have to find out who the um, amusement uh, company is that provided that jukebox and maybe have them request it. And at the, at the end of the day, they may have more uh, more power to, uh, to bend the ear of somebody than a club owner anyway, because they order these things en masse and then they, they uh, actually deliver these things to, to different locations. So their purchasing power puts them in a place where, where they can uh, maybe bend the ear of, of the folks who are the curators for those lists that get streamed out to uh, bars and wineries. Um, so that's, that's another thing that you need to kind of keep track of. But once you have it delivered, um, you need to think about what your release date's gonna be. And if there's any significance to that release date, and you need to start pumping out um, your feelers. You need to start getting things out on your social media. If, you're, if you already have a good following, great. That's a great place to start. Then you can, uh, you can actually start promoting your music there to your followers on your, on your Facebook fan page. If you don't, then I would suggest you create a Facebook fan page, get on Instagram, try to do as many things to get a, um, an official artist page as you possibly can. Um, even better, get your own web, web page, a domain name through GoDaddy or something like that. Uh, purchase a domain name, get a shop set up. So if you're going to eventually be selling gear like t-shirts or pins or pens or whatever you want to sell or shop out to people, including CDs and thumb drives and stuff like that, these are some of the things that you need to be aware of uh, to promote your music. Always be on the lookout for ways to promote your music. And I would advise that you not be afraid to promote um, on your personal page. Ask friends to help promote um, do whatever you can to get in people's ears what a lot of people think, um, and, and I think a huge mistake that a lot of musicians make is that if the music's worth it, and I already know it is because I wrote it, um, people are going to dig it. And if they dig it, then it'll go places. If they don't dig it, then it won't, and I'll just kind of let the fruit die on the vine. Um, that is a self-defeatist attitude in today's world. And the reason why I say that is that if you don't get your music to people's ears, they can't decide whether or not they like it. And algorithms are not your friend. Let me say that again. If you don't get music to people's ears, then you won't have people out there who can decide whether or not they like it and algorithms are not your friend. That being said, you may have to throw some money at some promotions on Facebook so that more people get to hear your stuff. You may need to use private messaging to get to people. 
Um, you may need to become a nuisance with your music if you want people to hear it. But if you believe in it, if you truly, truly believe that your music is worth it and you truly believe that it needs to be in people's ears, this is not a problem for you. Um, if you are not certain about whether or not you should promote your music in a way that's aggressive, then maybe it's just a hobby for you. And I don't mean to be difficult, but I'm just telling you the truth. If you believe in something, you're willing to do things for it that promote it um, shamelessly. So get on YouTube, get on Instagram, get on Facebook, get on TikTok, get on everything that could possibly promote your music and get it in people's ears and get it in people's faces. The biggest thing is visuals nowadays. It's visuals. TikTok is not just a flash in the pan. It's going to continue to happen. And other places are starting to follow up um, by trying to do the same thing. I know that Instagram is starting to do um, video. I know that uh, Snapchat has started to allow short form video. So people are jumping on this bandwagon for a reason. Um, it's big business. Um, and if you can get your video noticed, so you have a song, you have a great song. If people can only hear it and not see it, we live in a visual world. If you can find a way to get your music to an influencer on TikTok and have them come up with some kind of a dance for your song, that would be phenomenal for you. If, if, especially if they have a large follower base. People are going to hear that song. They're going to want to know what that song is. They're going to look it up in sounds on TikTok. Um, other partners like Facebook. Facebook's also a partner, a digital partner um, to a lot of the distributors, a lot of the publishers. Um, also, uh, so is YouTube. YouTube, you can get your stuff put on um, on an influencer on YouTube's page, have them promote your song for you, and you still get paid royalties for the streaming of that song. And that's that's the thing. If you want to get a, a steady flow of revenue from your music, just make your music work for you, um, then you need to chase these things down. And it and it's not outside of the realm of possibilities that you can get in, in contact with music directors um, who who are in charge of lists of, of, of things that they need for, for things like commercials and movies. When you get licensing, um, when you get licensing for your music and you negotiate a good price for that licensing, anytime that song is played, it, it's just more advertising for you. So get your music out there. Make it work for you. Make it work through all of these different digital partners. You have a lot of tools that you can use nowadays. Um, I know that this show has gone a little bit long, but I'm just, this is the part of the, of, of the things that excite me a little bit more than they used to. And I know that it's a little bit more nuts and bolts and a little bit more behind the curtain. And it's not so much the fun part of making the music and the passion of, of creating something that you think is great and you believe that needs to be, you know, needs to be heard. But this is the mechanism by which you get heard. This is the mechanism by which people will decide whether or not your music is worth it. And if it is, then, then more people will listen to it. And, and you'll at least from maybe a, a spiritual sense have shared some piece of you and, um, and, and gotten out there to the point where, where your music will live digitally forever um, in some way, shape or form. So just think about that and focus on that a little bit. I'd also like to implore you all, um, whoever's listening, to, to send me any of your ideas to, uh, to my page um, on Facebook, my Russell Virtual Official fan page on Facebook. Not a whole lot there right now, but you can PM me through there. Um, you can also reach out to me uh, through, um, through a, a number of different means. I, I think that I have some of my other social media actually posted to the Russell Virtual, you know, the Russell Virtual Official fan page on Facebook. So if you can get there, I'd love to hear your ideas for another show or shows in the future. And uh, if I put your show on here, uh, your show idea on here, I will give you credit. 
I'll, I'll mention your name, maybe a little blurb about you. I might reach out to you and say, hey, like, you know, what do you want me to say about you on the, uh, on the next program? Um, if any of you know any uh, music projects out there that are uh, willing to share part of their music and maybe part of their story behind their music, I'd, I would love to interview some folks in the future. Um, I'm looking to help promote um, any local artists that are, that are in the game. Uh, I know how tough that game is. And if I can help you out in any way, and I know I don't have a lot of followers now, but who knows, maybe, uh, maybe I come up with one show that's actually great one day and, and more people want to hear it um, and it goes viral. So if you want, uh, please go ahead and send any of your suggestions to my Russell Birchall official um, fan page on Facebook or look me up on Facebook and friend me on Facebook and maybe we can reach out that way. I'm totally open to that. But um, that will bring us to a close for today's show. It's uh, been just over 20 minutes. And um, I would like for you all to have a great and fantastic day. Mm-hmm.